BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Welcome to the Balanced Black Girl Podcast. We're putting black girl magic in motion. This show is dedicated to reinventing wellness for women of color. I'm your host, Lestrandra Alfred. Hello, hello. Thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode of the Balanced Black Girl Podcast. It is an honor to have you here because it is our 50th episode, which is just surreal to me that we are already 50 episodes into the show. I don't know where the past 50 weeks have gone. They have been incredible. They have been life-changing. I have had some incredible conversations in this space, and I am so grateful for each and every one of you who is listening and who has joined me in this safe space for us to talk about balance and wellness and life. But holy moly, 50 times, 50 times having done this, it is just so surreal to me. And I really appreciate having you ride with me and having you here on this journey to finding balance that we are all on. Speaking of finding balance, I actually have an announcement about kind of the future of the show the future of Balanced Black Girl, some changes and where we are going. So like I said, this is episode number 50. And I have put out 50 episodes that have changed so much over the course of the past year and have improved so much and have had some challenging conversations, some fun conversations, some uplifting conversations, some real conversations. It has been beautiful. I have been so humbled by everyone who has decided to tune in to listen, everyone who the show has resonated with, and even appreciate hearing from some of the people who don't love the show because because there's that too and and who it does not resonate with and it has just been an incredible incredible ride however with that if there has been anything that has suffered quite a bit over the past year it has been me <laughs> and my sense of well-being and my sense of balance. I didn't necessarily expect to fall in love with podcasting the way that I did. And like I said, I'm so grateful to have this space. But I'm also pretty run down by the amount of work that it has taken. And for the past year, I have for the most part been a one-woman show, kind of running all things in the Balanced Black Girl universe, which has recently changed. I recently have had the opportunity to bring some incredible team members on who are helping me with different aspects of our content universe, which is great. However, that being said, still putting out a show every single week, interviewing people and having enough content to put out every single week is a lot. So beginning this week, we are actually going to move to a bi-weekly cadence. So for the past year, we've put out a new episode every Tuesday, which has been incredible. However, in order for me to really walk the walk and to also be mindful of my own sense of balance and what I need to take care of myself, I have decided that giving myself a little bit more breathing room between each episode is something that is very, very needed, not only just for my own balance and well-being, because I have been 
pretty close to on the verge of some serious burnout several times over the past year. It also just needs a little bit more time for show quality. I mean, I'm very proud of the show and how it's been put together over the past year, especially because before I started podcasting, I really didn't know anything about it. However, I'm really, really wanting to make this show as good as it can be. And I'm really, really wanting to focus on overall quality instead of quantity. And in order to improve the quality, that takes a couple of things. The, the two main things are time and money. And while my resources to put the show together are kind of are what they are at the moment, what I can do to make it better and to allow myself more rest to be fresher and more creative is allow myself more time to put it together. So today, October 1st, we have our episode out. Next week, October 8th, we will not have an episode. And then October 15th is when that cadence will start. So you can look forward to a new episode of Balanced Black Girl every other Tuesday. We will still have wonderful women who share so much knowledge and inspiration we're just going to do it a little bit more intentional for a while. I don't know if that change is going to be permanent. I currently am not planning on having it be a permanent change. I'm actually having it or thinking of it as a temporary change personally. I'm thinking at least through the end of 2019, which I also think will resonate well just as we go into the end of the year, as we go into the holidays and everyone is busy and everyone has a lot going on, a little bit less content to consume and a little bit less content to create for me, I think the timing of that is going to be really good. And at the end of the year, I plan to reevaluate, see where we are at, and maybe one day bump it back up to a weekly cadence, or maybe not. I, I want to see how it feels. But I really appreciate your support and understanding as we create a little bit more space to make this platform more intentional. Because like I said, I really want it to be a helpful resource for you. But the pace that I was going to do it, I was really, really sacrificing quality at the expense of quantity. And that's just not what I want to do anymore. I think that you deserve better. I think that I deserve better. And I'm really, really excited to continue having really intentional conversation. And I appreciate your support as I seek out my own sense of personal balance the same way you are and having a little bit more space and breathing room to be creative and add new elements to the show and have more space for other areas of my life are something that I really, really look forward to. So that is our big announcement of the day, something that I was actually really scared to share, but it was something that was very clearly put on my heart and I am being obedient to slow down and do a little bit less. So Next episode, October 15th, it is on every other Tuesday. Your girl will be back with these new episodes. So now that we're clear on the new cadence and how things are moving forward, I wanted to share my favorite of the week, which if you follow me on Instagram, you are probably not going to be surprised, is Methodology. So Methodology is this really amazing meal prep service that provides prepped meal components that you can mix and match and create different meals out of that are really easy to reheat and eat on the go. And I started using Methodology back in the spring when things really started picking up here at Balanced Black Girl. Um, I've been working full time the whole time since and I was doing a lot of traveling and doing my regular grocery shopping and meal prepping was just not something that I had time for. So I started ordering meals every other week from Methodology and it has been a game changer. So they have incredible food that is delicious, great quality that fits all different dietary preferences 
that you get to go in and pick what you want your weekly menus to be suited to your personal tastes and they get delivered to your doorstep. And I think one of the things that I love most about methodology is how much they care about sustainability. So all of the food is delivered in glass jars. There's no plastic involved. Everything is recyclable and it's just a really, really well run situation. So for my friends who are on the West Coast, if you're either in in Seattle, the Bay Area, or in Southern California, you can use Methodology's meal prep service. You can also get paired up with a health coach to talk about some of the dietary things that you have going on and help you pick menus if that's what you prefer, which is also a great service. So if you're interested in trying it out, you can go to balanceblackgirl.com slash methodology, and you can use the coupon code balanceblackgirl30 for 30% off your first order. Let me tell you, I love grocery shopping. I love cooking, but y'all, when it's Monday morning and I have food for the week on my doorstep that is already prepped and ready to go and delicious, like all of these amazing things, grain-free brownies and like salmon cakes and sweet potato fries and overnight oats, like all of this delicious food, nothing makes me happier. So favorite of the week methodology, you can go to balanceblackgirl.com slash methodology and use the coupon code BALANCEBLACKGIRL30 for 30% off your first order. Again, for those who are in Seattle, the Bay Area, or Southern California, methodology is also expanding quickly. So stay tuned because it could be coming to an area near you. So that is definitely my favorite of the week because I love to eat. So now that we've gotten our announcements and our favorites out of the way, let's dive into today's interview. Today's guest is Jasmine Roche, who is the founder of Soulful Flow Yoga. Jasmine is a native of Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and she currently resides in Seattle, and she is a yogi, storyteller, and brand alchemist. And I have to say, while I have learned so much in each and every conversation that I have had here on Balance Black Girl, I have to give it to Jasmine. She gave quite possibly some of the best self-care advice I have ever heard. And I'm not going to spoil it because I want you to hear it straight from her, which you will hear in this interview about how to balance taking time for others and taking time for yourself. She literally has the best advice I've ever heard that I have implemented in my own life. It has been super helpful. It allows me to still have my introvert time, still have my wellness time, still have my social time and feel whole and present in all of those things. You will love Jasmine. You will love getting to hear her story. I think that you will relate to her so much, just like I did. And I think that you will also love her advice for making space for yourself and practicing self-care just as much as I did, because the advice is fire. You will love her. And without further ado, let's jump into the episode. Jasmine, welcome to the show. I am so excited to have you here today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to have this conversation with you. Oh my gosh, absolutely. So for our listeners who are just now meeting you, can you tell us a little bit more about who you are, what you do, and your background? Sure. So my name is Jasmine Roche. I am originally from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Um, I migrated to Seattle about two years ago by way of Texas. Um, I lived in Austin for four years and I was in Dallas for one. Um, I am a yoga instructor. I am an entrepreneur. I own a boutique consulting um, company called the Jay Roche Project, where I do a lot of um, creative and digital storytelling. And I also am a storyteller. Um, so those two things kind of connect. Um, I share my stories um, on my platform called Do It For The Story. Um, it is my adventures in the Pacific Northwest and just um, kind of just my outlet of sharing what's going on in my life. And then I also share the stories of other women and people of color who inspire me in a, in a section called Your Stories, where, it, you know, it provides a platform for our own experiences and, you know, what, what amazing, cool things we have going on and uh, in the South, because I love to take it back home because I'm from Louisiana, <laughs> so I have people from home. And then also the, the amazing people that I've met um, in the Pacific Northwest as well. 
Oh, so, so good. And we'll make sure that we also link your blog in the show notes so that folks can go check it out because it is really, really wonderful. And there's just so much in that that I would love to dive into. So let's start with yoga. I would really love to talk to you about yoga. So you are a yoga instructor, a practicing yogi, and you're also the founder of Soulful Flow Yoga. So can you take us back to the beginning of your yoga journey? You know, what drew you to yoga? and what has kept you being a practicing yogi? Oh, wow. (laughs) Um, (laughs) That's a wonderful question. So I began my yoga journey about six years ago um, while I was living in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And at first, it just started as a workout. My introduction to yoga was through this this style called yoga lattes. So it was this yoga and Pilates fusion. And, um, you know, I went to my first class and I was like, oh, wow, that was a great workout. It was hot. <laughs> and But at the end, there was this magical Shavasana thing that <laughs> happened. And my mind, I'm a naturally an extrovert and my mind is always racing with 5,000 things. But in those five minutes, that was a time where, I could be still and I could rest. Um, And it was so beautiful. And I remember that first class like it was yesterday. And after that, I wanted to go every day. Mm. Um, I was at the time, music has always been a big part of my life. So at the time I was like managing bands in Louisiana and my schedule was crazy, like doing these events and because that's just who I am. But I would find my peace on my mat. So I practiced in Louisiana at that studio for about a year and I was still in college. And then I I had to sit out a year for college. Um, my degree was, was in multi-platform journalism and I was going to have to sit out for some time because a class wasn't offered. So I just took, I was really, I was ready to graduate. This was like a wrench in the plan. Like I'm ready to get out of there. <laughs> um, so I decided to just take a little getaway trip to Austin and visit some friends. And long story short, I decided, you know what? I have to take a year off anyway. I'm just going to get a job in, in music PR and and I'm going to move to Austin. So I packed up my life and I migrated to Austin. I didn't have a job. I just had a place to live. My husband, my, not husband, <laughs> manifesting girl, uh, my cousin, my cousin had an apartment, a home there and she offered it to me. So I just, I packed up my car and my belongings and my yoga mat and I drove to Austin and that was the beginning of do it for the story. And as soon as I landed there, I needed a studio because the yoga had become so much a part of my life Mm -hmm. that I didn't care about like, yeah, I needed a job and I needed to get (laughs) stability and, you know, like what's going on in this new place. But it was very important to me that I found my sacred place, New City. So I started practicing and I was still in that hot yoga space and I found some, some amazing studios in Austin and it just, it, it just completed it was just this getaway place for me. And throughout that time, I decided, you know, I'm not moving back to, to Louisiana. I'm going to stay in Austin. I transferred my schools and I was in a, a relationship that wasn't the best choice in that time of my life. And it was pretty stressful and, and unhealthy for me. But when I would go to yoga, that was my serene place. Um, and I could just flow through my emotions and I can feel actually feel the traumas and of my past or things that I was going through that yoga mat was my escape for an hour so yeah four times a week it was it was important and and then I started to think well one day when I'm strong enough and I can do all these acrobatic (laughs) poses maybe I'll teach and you know but right now it was more so just like me being in Austin was figuring out who I was as a woman and and kind of breaking the agreements that was placed on me of living in Baton Rouge. And I can be whoever I want. I could be that yoga girl who loves crystals. And, you know, (laughs) yoga helped me embrace who I was. And then from there, I just, I continued to practice. And then I eventually moved to Dallas and which wasn't at the time it felt really good and to move there, but it did, it ended up not working out. Like I was, 
again, I was in an unhealthy relationship. I was unhappy in my career. And ironically, during that year of my life, I wasn't on the on my yoga mat, but I was still like very active in the music scene. So the music is is very equal to me of what the yoga is. They work very parallel to me. Yeah. So from from Dallas, I migrated to Seattle. I was, you know, I was in a really dark place, and when I and at the time I didn't notice what was missing. I just knew that a lot of things were going wrong, and I needed to get out, and I needed to be close to my mom. And so I I, I landed in Seattle. That was about two years ago. And again, I knew the first stop that I needed to find was a yoga studio. Yeah, because for the past year. That was one thing that I wasn't doing. I wasn't taking the time to listen to my soul and to listen to my heart and and trust my intuition on what I was supposed to be doing and in my career and in my in my life and in my relationship. And I think for that year, because I was a part of it, I wasn't in tune with my body and my mind um, and myself. I lost myself. So I knew that yoga was always something that made me feel like myself. So that was, once again, that was a priority as soon as I landed in Seattle. Yeah. So I got to, yeah. And then from there, I, I just, I kept practicing and I enrolled in a teacher training at Sangha Yoga in, in Queen Anne. And that was about oh, a little bit, almost 10 months ago. And yeah. I flow, Soulful Flow Yoga was born because I, I flow at home to myself. Like I have a vinyl player and I play vinyls and I lay my mat in my living room. Ooh, and that I, sounds amazing. Oh, it's so amazing. I like sip my green tea and <laughs> oh, I, I lay my mat on my living room floor and throughout my teacher training as I was studying and, you know, learning the philosophy of yoga and, you know, the anatomy, I would take breaks in between and, you know, flow in my body and flow through the, with the vinyls. And I was like, wow, this feels so good in my soul. Yeah. Like this makes my heart happy. The music makes my heart happy. Those, you know, like that old Marvin Gaye and the, the Commodores are like, you know, Whitney Houston, like, or I even have like some Janae Aiko. Like I would just switch the records and I would flow in my house for hours. And I was like, wow, what if I could combine my love for music and yoga in a practice? Yeah. And that is how soulful flow is born because I'm flowing through soul music and my soul is flowing with the music and it, it just, it invigorates me and it's, it's a healing time for me when I'm on my mat with that music. Mm. You know, what I love about you sharing kind of the origins of what you created with soulful flow and also just your home practice sounds like a whole vibe where I'm like, (laughs) I need to, I need some of that in my life (laughs) is just this connection of, of soul. And, you know, I heard so much of that in your story as you were talking about your yoga journey, as you were going through all of these transitions and kind of uncertainty at different periods in your life, but your soul was always able to come back to your mat. And that was your, your peace and your grounding. Yeah, that's beautiful. That's really beautiful. So I would also love just to talk a little bit more about yoga as a space. And for you as someone who has been a practicing yogi for several years now, it sounds like you have actively practiced yoga in different parts of the country. I'm curious, has have the yoga community, or I guess does the yoga community look or feel different in, say, a Seattle than it does in Baton Rouge or in Austin or in Dallas? Or is there some commonality there? Oh, no, it's definitely some commonality um, in the places that I practice in, in my yoga journey. Um, it's a predominantly white space mm-hmm. yeah. um, and there's not a lot of women who look like us or who have same body types as us in those spaces. So at, in times of my practice, it was a very intimidating place for me to be, but I, I often would set it aside because I knew how it felt in my body and how it felt in my heart. And I knew that I needed to be there for myself, but no, it looks, it's, it's a very, 
it's a very predominantly white space, but that is a big part of, I know what it can, I know what it feels like in my body and what it has done for my family and my friends. So I think a big part of my purpose, or as we say in, in yoga, my dharma in this life is to provide, um, this whole, to help hold this space and the representation that we do yoga too. Yes. That um, yoga is not just for the the foreseen, you know, white woman or, you know, like it's for different body types. And, um, and maybe from a sense, for me, you have a... Uh, you have a black instructor or a woman of color who is a yoga instructor who shares some soulful music. Maybe that can make it more accessible and help hold the space for what is traditionally known in the West as um, a white um, practice, a white luxury of self-care. So yeah. I think that, you know, breaking down those barriers and, and that has taken me some years to understand like, hey, I deserve to be here. I deserve, I can hold space on my mat and my mat deserves to be next to yours. Um, and also that I, you know, that, that it's for us. So I think even though that traditionally that's what we see, I think a big part of what I'm doing. And I love that you have this platform to showcase that we are, we are in these spaces and you know, that it's, it's for us. Like move your mat over. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) That's going to be our new theme. Move your mat over, make room. And I'm so glad that you said that because it kind of reminds me a little bit of the conversation we were having before we started recording. So for uh, listeners, you know, Jasmine and I know each other in real life. We were chatting a little bit before recording and we had we just talked about for a second about imposter syndrome, which I know is something I've felt. I know you've felt it. Everyone has felt it at some point. And I think the state of wellness where it will present an image of something like yoga as something that is very upper middle class for thin white bodies, for people who can afford to shop at Lululemon or who can afford an expensive studio, it creates imposter syndrome for the rest of us, really for a practice that is supposed to be all about connecting with the self, which anyone should be able to do. And I know when I found myself in wellness spaces where I was feeling imposter syndrome of like, I don't belong here, I had to also remember the actual intention of the practice I was walking into. And it's like, there's no reason we don't belong here. For sure. Yeah, Yeah, because I mean, when you, the real yoga is not about um, materialistic things or um, your body. Um, There's eight limbs of yoga and and asana, which is the movement of yoga, is only one part of those limbs. So if we're really, you know, living the yoga and living well and treating people well, you know, we need to kind of, and I have to, I have to check myself on that sometimes. Like, hey, live the yoga. Like it's not about you being able to put your, your head, your, your foot behind your head. It's about, are you living well? And are you taking care of yourself and and making space for yourself? So I think that that's, that's very important to actually live the yoga, not to just do the yoga. That's good. Live the yoga. Don't just do the yoga. Oh my goodness. (laughs) We're going to walk out of this with so many great catchphrases of like, move your mat, live the yoga. (laughs) (laughs) so good so many gems there so kind of along the same lines when it comes to yoga and accessibility um, I I also just want to talk about getting yoga in other communities as well because I know that for you you know you do volunteering where you teach yoga to youth and you also do work with the yoga behind bars organization One, actually, I don't know if because I'm familiar with Yoga Behind Bars, but for listeners who may not be familiar with it, can you tell us what the Yoga Behind Bars program is and what it does? Um, And then I would love to talk more about why yoga is so important, even to those who maybe aren't in a position to go to a fancy studio or to do some of the things that we just talked about. For sure. Um, so accessibility of yoga is, is very important to me. So I try to um, accessibility as far as access and being able to get there as well as um, being able to afford it. So I offer a lot of both free classes as well as, you know, some paid classes in a variety of different spaces. Um, as for Yoga Behind Bars, it is an, a nonprofit um based in Seattle that has been operating for about 10 years now. And it is a trauma-informed program that they um, they have built where they bring in um, yoga teachers or practitioners who would like to learn proper um, 
yoga techniques and, and stretching techniques to be able to teach in our um, our prison systems for both youth as well as adult um, centers and, and prisons and jails. Um, so I'm very um, passionate about that because when you look at the demographics of people who are in prison, it is predominantly people of color. Mm-hmm. And as a woman of color and, you know, with this platform of yoga and me understanding how it can heal in my own body, what amazing gift that if this is my purpose and my gift that I'm, uh, that I have been given to offer to the world, why wouldn't I create some space and to be able to share that with our incarcerated youth and brothers and sisters? I think that it's, it's just a phenomenal program. And, you know, I'm, I'm very passionate about the youth programming. I I do a lot of advocacy work for them in there, but I mean, imagine being, I don't even know if we can even fathom and imagine that, but imagine being in a, in a jail cell on a cot where your, your, your feet are hanging off of the twin size bed because it's not big enough and you're, you're, you're tense. There's so much trauma. There's so much fear in these spaces, but you can have about 45 minutes to come and mindfully move your body. And maybe even after you move your body and you release some of that tension or some of that trauma, you can rest peacefully without being on guard for your life about five minutes. Something is as something as small as a stretch of you just spreading. If you listen to this podcast, you know that I'm a big advocate for having hobbies and learning a new language is an incredible hobby to take up. I've been practicing my French with Babbel and it's been such an effective, engaging way to learn. I took French in high school and college, but I got a little rusty and I wanted to brush up before visiting France earlier this year. And I've been hooked on Babbel ever since because it's helped so much and you too can make amazing progress with your language learning through Babbel and that's because Babbel actually works. So instead of paying hundreds of dollars for private classes or playing on apps that are basically glorified games, you can take Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons that are designed by over 150 language experts to help you start speaking a new language as soon as three weeks from now. Babbel is designed by real people for real conversations, and their methods for learning a new language are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, so you're learning things you would actually say, and delivered with conversation-based teaching. Plus, Babbel's speech recognition technology helps you to improve your pronunciation and accent. It's no wonder why Babbel has sold over 10 million subscriptions because it's real learning for real conversations. And they're offering a special limited time deal for our listeners to get you started right now. So you can get 55% off your Babbel subscription only for our listeners at babbel.com slash balanced. Get up to 55% off at babbel.com slash balanced, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash balanced. Rules and restrictions may apply. Your, your arms all the way out, like your wingspan is a gift of time. It's a gift for them. You know, just freedom of ex- expressing themselves and, and fe- what, what they're feeling in their body. So that Yoga Behind Bars is, is an amazing organization. And I'm, I, it's, it's just every time I, I leave the programming and, and I talk about this work or I go and facilitate this work, it just, yeah, it's just, it's just amazing. It's just an amazing gift for me, for them. And, but it's a gift for me that I'm able to share that time with them. And they've, they've gotten to a place where they have begin to teach prisoners within the, you know, especially with longer sentences, they have trained them to be yoga teachers within the prison systems. So they facilitate the yoga when we're unable to be there. So, I mean, little by little, it's, it's, it can just change your life no matter where you are. And I think that that's just a blessing. Absolutely. Just the ability to help someone in such a traumatic space and such a a traumatic situation, be able to just find peace and find space, like you said, even if it's just for a few minutes is so impactful. And 
I think also sharing the gift of yoga with youth who are in in that position where they still have their entire lives ahead of them and and to give them that gift so early on in their lives is so so powerful yeah the youth I have a big passion for youth and um, like you mentioned I, I I I teach in the in the Seattle school system as well and that awkward age you know I, I taught at an all-girl middle school and I remember being 13 and and being uncomfortable in my body and 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 not knowing you know what to do or how to move. And the youth are, they're so, they're just so vulnerable and they're so ready and eager to learn. And, and, and the good parts, because some of them, they resisted. And then after six weeks, they're like, Oh, Miss Jasmine, that was the most amazing thing. (laughs) Can can adult, can children come to your adult classes? I think just being able to relate to them and offer that form of expression and, and that tool of self-care at a young age is, is just very important. And I wish I would have been introduced to yoga at, at the young age of 13. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I Can you even imagine? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, my goodness. To be able to find your breath and <laughs> at that age, you know, when you're going through so much and have that, that calming center that as a, a part of your toolkit at that age is incredible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And also, I think just for you being a black woman yoga instructor, it gives them a totally different image of of what they think yoga is than we probably got when we were first sure. introduced to it. Yeah, I think that is ex- extremely, extremely important. And, you know, stepping into this wellness space that has has made me more aware of, you know, how many there's not that many of us, but there's many of us. Yeah. Um, so I think that it loving, I love platforms like that you have to connect us and, and provide the representation for women that are our age, that are older, um, as well as for the younger generations, like, oh, wow, I can, I can do that too. You know, it's for me. I see people that look like me and have body types like me. I think that that's amazing. Yes. Ugh. Yes, absolutely. So for you as a as a yogi and throughout your journey, I'm curious because we I think a lot of us are very familiar with yoga from a physical sense. Um, but for you, what has been the biggest impact that yoga has had on you, maybe from, you know, the emotional space or your mental space or even just, you know, how you kind of walk through life? So, and this is how Soulful Flow, along with the music, um, Soulful Flow was birthed. I chose those words in particularly because I govern, I govern my life by following my heart, which is located in my fourth chakra. And I also govern it by my soul, which I believe is located in, in my solar plexus, um, in my fifth chakra. So a lot of times in my classes, when I teach and just in my regular day-to-day life, I place my hand on my heart and sometimes I place it on my belly, which is where my, where I believe my intuition sits, where my soul is. And I ask myself the hard questions. I ask myself, how's your heart? Um, and, and not, and I ask that question because sometimes we ask, Oh, how are you doing? Oh, I'm fine. Everything's great. Things are wonderful. But I think the question of how's your heart when I ask myself that and I ask my, my students that or my friends, it really makes you kind of examine what's going on in there. So I come back to that very often because that's my self check. And is my heart happy today or is it sad today? And when I'm on my yoga mat, it's, it's a good place for me to check in there. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, as after I check in with my heart, how's your soul? as I'm flowing through these practice and I'm flowing through this music and it feels good in my body, or maybe it doesn't feel good in my body because there's some emotions or some things that are stuck there that I still need to keep flowing and work out. But the yoga, when I'm practicing, those two questions are repetitive as I flow, just checking in with myself and because I govern myself with my intuition. So are, am I actively listening? Am I actively following it? Um, how, how are you What's going on in your body? What's going on in your mind? And are you listening to it or are you turning it off? Um, so the yoga is a place, being on that mat, 
um, that's that's where I do those check ins with myself to make sure that I'm I'm living in my truth and I'm I'm standing in my power and and I'm living in my my purpose in my dharma. Um, so that I think that is what it has given me given me over these years and and why I continue to. It's mandatory that I I'm on my mat in the morning when I wake up after I I pray and I meditate and I write I gotta get on my mat <laughs> uh, in the evenings after you know I, I I'm the Jane of all trades so after I've done my marketing business and, and my yoga teaching and you know in the evenings before I I wind it down I gotta get on my mat because I have to check in and make sure that my heart and my soul is taken care of so that I can be able to pour into my clients and into my students and, and be a a good human. (laughs) That's so good though. Checking in with yourself to enable you to be a good human. You have to, I text my friends all the time. How's your heart? Yes. And I, you know, when I first started doing that a couple of years ago, I would get some responses like, whoa, that's a very serious question. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this is a very serious matter. Yes, exactly. (laughs) And I think being able to to check in with yourself and truly check in and be in touch with how you're feeling, you know, mentally, physically, emotionally to understand what's going on with your heart. Yeah. It's something that is so important, but I think is not it's not taught widely enough. It's not something that I think we are taught to do. I think it's something that a lot of us don't know how to do, which is is really, really hard. So if someone is maybe starting that process where they're wanting to be able to kind of listen to their body better, um, they they maybe want to understand how their heart is feeling a little bit better, but maybe they feel blocked or maybe they've just never asked themselves that question. And it's like, oh my goodness, I have no idea because I just am so stuck. Do you have maybe some things that you would recommend to kind of help people get more in touch with that, to help people be more comfortable having those conversations with themselves or or understanding how to listen to their bodies and give themselves what they need? Yeah. Um, I think as far as asking yourself those tough questions, um, even if you, I think starting with writing, like even if you're, maybe you're not a writer or anything, but I, in my yoga classes, I have these little heart sticky notes and I pass them out and I just write, Hey, what is one thing that you're grateful for today? Um, so gratitude is a big part or and another land, if you're just examining a variety of different things, what is something that I need to let go or release? Um, what are, you know, those are the, the questions of what am I grateful for? Or what do I need to let go and release? Those are just the beginning steps of being able to kind of check in with yourself. So, hey, how am I feeling today? And acknowledging those feelings without any judgment. Um, hey, some days I'm feeling I'm, I'm happy today or some days, you know, I'm really tired and I want to cancel and it's OK. So I think the first thing that I would recommend is maybe try writing, you know, even if it's one sentence or one word. Um, to describe, you know, how you're feeling in your body. Um, the second, of course, if maybe free, like maybe just stretching, um, maybe just lifting your arms up to the sun and, and then bringing them down or maybe like a four or full, just kind of moving just a little bit. You don't have to do any full sequences, but just kind of move and notice what that feels like in your arms and in your chest and in your legs. And, and, and maybe, just start there. I mean, of course, I would love for you to come to a yoga class, and, but I recommend moving your body. Maybe it's a walk or, you know, everybody has different things, but I would recommend that one word or, or maybe that that one sentence to check in with yourself of how you're feeling today or what am I grateful for or what do I need to let go of to release some, some stress or in my life. Um, so those are some things that I I do very often and and that I recommend to my students as they start, um, you know, this journey, as well as I recommend that to my to my clients, Um, you know, like, hey, what are we grateful for? What are our wins? What you know, so it can apply to different areas of your life. That is such great advice. And I think that those are excellent places to start, even just with a word. I love that you said no judgment, because I think sometimes when we freeze in those situations and we're like, I don't know how I feel, it's because we're looking for the right answer, but there is no right answer. However, your your feeling is the right answer. And um, I think that that's great advice. So thank you. Thank you. (laughs) 
I would love to transition a little bit to talk more about storytelling. Storytelling is kind of at the core of a lot of the work that you do, and it's something that you use your platform to do quite a bit, not only in just telling your own story, but also sharing the stories of others as well. So I would love to hear a little bit more about why storytelling is so important and maybe what draws you to storytelling or to telling other people's stories as well as your own. How, I mean, the Do It For The Story started as a, um, as a place for me to be be adventurous and for me to challenge myself just in life. So it became, you know, living in Austin and in all these different places, it became like, Hey, just do it for the story. Like it'll (laughs) be a great story or I'm never going to do that again. (laughs) And so I think that kind of ignited some sense of adventure for me. And that is how that began when I became to Seattle, because being in the Pacific Northwest coming from the South, it's just completely different. And so I wanted to document, I used it as a, a healing tool in the beginning to document like, Hey, this is how I got here. And this is how this is feeling. And I'm uncomfortable and it's raining. And I, didn't think that I needed a backpack. I thought I could just wear my cute tote, but I'm walking around with a pail of water. And, <laughs> you know, I just being vulnerable and authentic, like, hey, sometimes things are not great. And that's okay. Um, sometimes relationships don't work. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes things things work and we change our mind and we get we travel the world. And I think it started the do it for the story and the platform started for my stories as an outlet for me to, to release, to heal and, um, and to share my truth and my new adventures. But from that, I started to, to notice like, wow, I know some really bomb people (laughs) who have really great stories and their stories inspire me to step out of my comfort zone and, to be adventurous and to be a better person or a better businesswoman um, or maybe go back to school and get my doctorate. Um, So I wanted to highlight those stories, but I didn't think that I should tell those stories because it's not my story. And I think in this day and age of, of um, content and storytelling and, and media, as people of color and as women, we should be responsible for sharing our own stories. I don't need anyone to tell my story because I have a voice and I want to share my voice. So I thought that from my perspective, that's where it was for my story. So I seeked out individuals where, Hey, like, Hey, this is your story. These are some guidelines, but if you don't want to follow those guidelines, you don't have to, because this is your story. Share your truth. And my hope with that was that maybe that your truth or your story would resonate with someone and ignite something in them. Maybe a sense of healing or, hey, oh, me too. And and just provide space for us to do that without a third party, to be raw and to be vulnerable. And I think that cultivates community and a sense of healing for our community when we share our truths with others. And. Oh my goodness. There's just so much that you just said that I loved. No, no, no. I just loved it. And I'm like, oh my goodness, I have chills. But one of my favorite parts of what you just said was that no one can tell our own stories the way we can, right? And I think with that and with realizing that, there's just so much power in that. Like, there's so much in the world that we cannot control. There are so many things that happen around us, but each and every one of us has our own story. And we all have many stories within our story that are ours and that there is just so much power in being able to share that with other people as a point of community and connection. Yeah. And it's something that I can also relate to a lot as well that I, you know, it's how I feel about this, about this show was like, let's create a space to bring people on and also share their stories around wellness or self care or love or whatever that looks like. And um, so I can definitely, definitely relate to that perspective as well. Yeah. Thank you for holding this space. (laughs) Thank you for holding your space. 
I, I'm curious, just also as someone who is like very open and, and openly kind of sharing your stories, sharing your adventures. I mean, I'm sure moving from, you know, moving from Texas to Seattle is a huge culture shock and such a big difference. In terms of sharing your stories with people, has there been anything that has maybe surprised you from reactions to your stories? Or was there ever a time where you thought that you were like really going through something kind of by yourself and other people because you shared your story were able to really um, resonate and connect with that and it kind of made you feel maybe less alone in a certain situation oh yes um the blog writing the (laughs) (laughs) I (laughs) there were some weeks because I was it was so important that I was authentic and I told the truth of of what was happening. And sometimes, you know, of course, when you share your truth, sometimes it involves others. A lot, a lot of times it involves others. So there were some weeks where I was like, oh, wait, was that too much? Did, you know, or was that just enough? And, and I think that I got so much feedback in the comments and in my emails, like, wow, I, I had no idea. And I didn't know that was happening or you felt that way or, are, yeah, I, I, sorry, that's, it was just an abundance of different responses of, of, Hey, I feel that. Mm -hmm. And, and, or, Hey, I didn't know that was going on in your life and that's going on in my life as well. And here's how I cultivate, here's how I overcame that. And, and yeah, it was, it was so interesting, but it it was, it was odd simultaneously, if that makes sense. (laughs) It was really um, because sometimes I would press in and I'm like, oh man, I don't really know about that. But I knew that I needed to get out of my own way and share that because I wasn't the only one that it was happening to or had those feelings and not all negative things, good things, shining the light on adventures. And, you know, like (laughs) we don't ski and, you know, hike in, in South Louisiana. So those things and people from my hometown, like, oh my God, that's amazing. So (laughs) Well, not just negative things, but, you know, the highlights of, hey, this is what's happening over here. But being vulnerable on these platforms, you know, it can be scary sometimes. Like, are they going to like it? Is that too much? Um, so I, I had to remind myself to to stand in my truth and, and in my power and, and share my story. And I can control how much and or how little, you know, I want to share to take care of myself. Yeah. Yeah. Even you just sharing, you know, maybe the reactions of of folks from your hometown to seeing things that you're doing that are like totally outside of the realm (laughs) of what you'd normally do. It's like you're introducing new adventures to them. You know what I mean? That is also so powerful. And oh, there's just so much within that that is so wonderful. Yeah. (laughs) Jasmine, for you, you are very, very busy as an entrepreneur, as a wellness professional. You do a lot for other people. You pour into other people a lot. Maybe in addition to yoga, because I'm sure that your yoga practice does this a lot for you. What also do you do to kind of center and take care of yourself? (laughs) I have been, which this is very difficult for me because I have multiple businesses. Um, but I have been very intentional with my calendar. Yeah. Um, I block out dates for myself and times that is for Jasmine because it's important that I hold space for myself. So I play this game with myself. It's called seven spoons. So, and someone told me this, one of my friends shared this with me a long time ago. Um, but she's like, you have seven days. So you have seven spoons. So some weeks you're going to give five spoons to other people. And some weeks you'll give seven. But you can control how you dish your spoons. You can dish them to yourself. You can dish them to your family. You can dish them to work. You can dish them to friends. Whatever you decide. But you have seven days. So I play the seven spoon days. And so my close friends know that I give um, about four spoons a week out for nurturing friendships. Mm-hmm. Well, I give two spoons for friends and I give two spoons for business networking because we live in Seattle and everyone wants to go to coffee. <laughs> yes. 
Um, we drink a lot of coffee, so I can I can only do one coffee day. I can only do two coffee dates a week because <laughs> I'm bouncing off the wall. Yeah. So I try to be very mindful and intentional with my with how I dish out my schedule. Um, and I protect. I I say this phrase a lot, and I wear this necklace. I say protect my magic. Like yes, to protect your magic and my magic. Uh, a part of my magic is my time and my energy, and I I don't know how to share my, um, Ooh, how do I say this? I don't know how to love halfway. Um, I love big and I give big, whether it's in my work or in my friendships, my family. So when I spend time networking or when I spend time with friends or family, like I want to be fully present and I want to, I want to love big and share big and collaborate big. Um, otherwise I don't want to participate. Um, so yeah, so I, I give out four spoons and then the other three I'd normally keep two for myself during the week. And then I keep one for my family. So on Sundays, I'm, I always go to my mom's, my mom and my brothers live here. I have two moms and my, my siblings live here and, and we cook and we dance. And, you know, so that is my, Hey, I'm rooted in my family, my family time on Sundays. That's what I do. And I just need to make sure I have, I take time for myself. It's, even if that's like, sitting on my couch and, and reading books. Like I love books. So I spend a lot of time with my two spoons <laughs> on these days in the evenings um, where I, you know, I read and I, I take a break from social media. Like I don't have to, I, I know I need to post, but I, sometimes it's okay to take a break. Yep. Um, so I, I, I'm very intentional about my calendar and, and how I'm managing my time. Cause I can't pour from an from an empty cup. I like to be full. I like to give big and love big. <laughs> <laughs> but I have to say, oh, the seven spoons, that might be one of the best pieces of advice that I've heard just around town in general. I'm over here taking copious notes like I'm implementing this today. That is Girl, Such I a have, good practice. Only seven. If you fill up your seven, then you have to go into the next week. Ugh. And it's okay to tell someone your book's like, yep. it's okay. <laughs> yep. Oh. And I've gotten, you know, because I'm really trying to deepen my, my personal practice as a teacher, balancing teaching yoga and um, being a student and still learning and growing because I'm such a, a young teacher. I, I've started in, incorporating my spoons as yoga dates. So I, I tell my friends like, hey, well, we can go to yoga <laughs> and then we can have tea. And so then I'm, I'm, I'm multitasking, like yep. I'm, I'm doing something for me and I'm doing something hopefully for them that they enjoy going to the yoga studio and doing a yoga practice. And then we can chat and have tea after and that's it. So it's, it's mutually beneficial. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, such good advice. And I think honestly, workout dates, yoga dates are just yes. one of my favorite ways to be social. Yes. You're getting the best of both worlds for sure. Oh my goodness, I'm taking so many notes. We need a workout day. Yes, yes, we do because I need to get back to it. <laughs> so, Jasmine, what does being a balanced black girl mean to you? Oh, you know, I'm really actively working at that right now. I think I'll take that back to my calendar. It's being very intentional with your time and it's being intentional with your energy. So I, I think that's how I stay balanced is when I when I understand what is priority in my life and who is priority in my life. And I live according to those things in a very loving and honoring way that honors me and that honors those around me. So I think when I'm balanced and I'm fueled and filled, um, then I can be able to share my gifts with others, you know, with my clients. So it's being intentional with my time and, and my energy. Oh, so good because your time and your energy are your most valuable commodities. Those are the things you can never get back. Yeah, so I think you're, I feel the most balanced when I have, when I when I take care of myself and I take care of my schedule to put in the things that that fuel that refuel me and recharge me, like my yoga practice, and I enjoy snuggling with my books or playing my vinyls at home. Like, you know that 
being able to make space and time for myself and others, that is when I feel the most balanced. And, and yeah, you just gotta, I feel like that's me being intentional with my, how I spend my energy and you spend energy. I say energy is currency, so you better spend it wisely. (laughs) So yeah, that, that's what it means to be a balanced black girl to me. Like, you know, balancing the multiple hats that we have and, and, and taking care of ourselves because we deserve that. We sure do. We sure do. Ugh. We're not, you know, I think sometimes as, as black women or women of color, we, we're so busy and we don't, you know, we have to be the strong ones and we have to carry the weight for our family or, you know, for ourselves and we don't take and make space for ourselves. We got to balance all those things. Yes. We yes. deserve that hour on the yoga mat or that self-care time or, you know, whatever that that whatever feels good for you. We deserve that. We sure do. Oh, beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that. Jasmine, how can our audience keep in touch with you? How can we come take one of your classes? How do we keep the conversation going with you? Sure. So I, um, you can get in touch with me. Um, my website is www.jasminerache.com. Um, I share my stories as well as my calendar for yoga classes. Um, I teach yoga pop-ups throughout the city through various studios and, and other locations. So you can, you can find it on the website as well as on my Instagram, um, at Jasmine Rache or the Soulful Flow Yoga is the Instagram for Soulful Flow. So it's at Soulful Flow Yoga. Beautiful. And we will have your website, yoga schedule, and Instagram handles in the show notes so that our listeners can come find you, so that they can connect with you, take your classes. Thank you so, so much for coming on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate you. And I I, I honor you for doing this work on this platform. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) 